0: Yeah. What does pricing do for your business? Everything. It does everything,
1: all right? <laughs> Hello, and welcome to E-Commerce Matters, brought to you by Black Curve. We help e-commerce businesses make pricing decisions. In today's podcast, we're looking at how much does pricing impact my business? Or another way of thinking about it is, why should I care about this question in the first place? I'm joined by Rob Horton, <laughs> product director here at Black Curve, who's now no longer in Sunny Hampstead. He's escaped the countryside, so clearly the answers to his questions are going to be more mild-mannered, perhaps, <laughs> and more relaxed. So time will tell. I'm Philip Huthaway, the founder of Black Curve, and without further ado, here we go. Right, there we go. Introduction over. You ready?
0: Yeah, I guess. I hope my uh, regional twang hasn't come back too rapidly.
1: <laughs> it's only been one day, hasn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, but you just you crossed the border and it I don't know, something about it. <laughs> uh,
1: well, I purposely will not comment on it because we'll get into an HR issue if I do, but uh, I'll pick pick—I'll pick you up on it outside of office hours because that's allowed surely. Um, So we're tackling the question, how much does pricing impact my business? And I thought we'd start by looking at, you know from you from a personal point of view why are you interested in pricing why do you why do you why are you passionate about it rob
0: oh blimey well, that's a that's a big question um i i came into pricing by accident i think is the 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 best the best way of describing it but i have always been interested in markets um i think for me so my background is in equilibrium systems so if you leave stuff alone what happens to it for one of a bad way of explaining it and the whole questions on pricing or how much you sell or how much you uh, charge for something is it one big equilibrium problem really Um so as I stepped out of academia into kind of the working world it was natural that I'd move to kind of optimization of these kind of thing um, because the reason I really like them practically rather than theoretically is that you get the human element. So you you don't have a perfect system uh, in the sense that people buy for a whole number of reasons and make decisions for a whole host of reasons. Um, and that that makes it a much more interesting challenge because you've got the thermodynamic side or the statistical side, but you've also got the behavioural economic side. Why do people
1: behave like it? Um, yeah, I think I think that's uh you can tell your background because my answer is probably going to be very different to 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 that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I think one of the reasons I'm quite interested, well, I'm very interested in it, is because it's constantly evolving, right? And hmm. it's almost like I'm I'm, I'm so what to a certain extent black curve as a business if everybody had all their pricing challenges sorted we'd be we'd be out of we'd be out of a job but Mm. really what i'm looking to do is is support people with getting that tangible benefit through pricing and every time we have a conversation with customers we realize that that they can be a hell of a lot more mature with their pricing and it can really fundamentally support their business to grow because it touches so many areas, but I think there's a there's almost um, an understanding a lot of the time that it's treated as a bit of a silo. you said it once, you kind of forget about it, and you're done you move on to the next strategic project. whereas you know what what we're trying to do to some extent by talking about this podcast on a weekly basis and, and and as we as our business grows and we bring on more and more customers is that it touches so many different areas that it has one hell of an impact. Uh, well, I
0: think I think you're bang on there actually, because I think what I've noticed moving to commerce—I call it commerce rather than e-commerce—but um, because I think it's more general, rather than being in the ci- in the city, pricing and optimization uh, is just it's it's a different game because you get volume and price shifts rather than changing price to volume. But it's understood to be key, right? In that um, if you don't have your price data right, for example, you're you're gonna have a horrible time, someone's gonna take advantage of you because that's how competitive it is. The interesting thing moving into commerce was the realization that pricing isn't actually that well understood. And people don't realize that until you sort your pricing out and your business doesn't line up with the market. And therefore anything else you do in your business is inefficient because your pricing is inefficient. Because the pricing is the way you communicate. So it kind of that that is the or one of the ways of communicate, I should say, but it, that is the final point, that is the transactional point where I give you this money for this amount of goods. And if that price point is quote unquote wrong, or I should say something a bit more academic, but I'm just gonna say wrong. If if it if it's kind of unoptimized, um every other decision you make in
1: your business around the market will be affected by that. Um but I mean it's a bit it's a bit like you know when you're when you're reporting on any area of your business and then you know you suddenly say, Oh, I've got a gap in this data set. You mm. instantly have and unless obviously you've got other other parts of your data which helps back up your argument, you've instantly undermined your conclusion because you know, if you've got missing elements to it, you can't know a hundred percent that your your decision is is correct off the back of it. So therefore, okay, you might have a price on your website, okay. You, so there's not necessarily a gap in it, but if it's not the right price for, to maximise that supply and demand transaction you're you're not going to be making the right decision in other parts of your business so
0: so i've I've got i think i've got a relatively good analogy for it because this is something i was <laughs> doing the other day so i was thinking about hopefully it, it's but, better uh, than my
1: last my last attempt at uh, what was it ferraris and uh and fords so.
0: actually because <laughs> I, I genuinely think like pricing is kind of like tire pressure in that you can get it it has to be at a certain level to work um but if it's not optimised, it's actually going to cost you in fuel and maintenance, uh, manoeuvrability or factor steering. So it's something that for someone who's not very carry like me, um, wouldn't think, okay, fine, I can get away with being, I don't know, I'm going to say a number and people are going to be shocked that my by my car maintenance, but like 10, 10 PSI less or something, right? So um uh, but in actuality, it's costing me fuel. It's mm-hmm. meaning that the car's harder to steer. Uh, it's probably eating into the how long the lifetime of the the components of the car. I think pricing is exactly the same. Like your your business will will work if you're if you're a bit if you're a bit out of whack, but it won't sing right, and it won't be at the best place it can be, and it will impact a whole host of things that you don't even realize. So to take that into pricing. If you're mispriced, so you're too expensive, you'll likely have to overspend in PPE to compensate for that, right? So therefore, your net profitability, uh, your total cost on on a on a product will be much higher than it than it needs to be because you could drop the price a bit, and then you need less PPC, right? Or, le- or less need to throw it in people's
1: faces well. more. Um, You've clearly I'm been sorry. buying medical equipment because the first time you said it was PPE. So, <laughs> <I think>, uh, <laughs> paper click is what we're referring I've to. Actually, <laughs> I've
0: actually, uh, I've, I've had some masks delivered today. Um, one of our friends' mums is a seamstress, and she, oh, she's making them. So,
1: if, if you want to link up, hit up the comments below. They yeah. they, got, have they got crazy patterns, or are they quite? No, you know? they're
0: actually just really nice. In a, I'll show you outside of it, but they're, they're really nice plain colours and they've got, they're really, they're actually really nicely done. They've got like adjustable toggles so you can adjust the sizing.
1: It's fancy. The age old, I'm having the problem with my glasses steaming up. But that's, that's yeah, my yeah.
0: There's an article on the BBC. I didn't read it. Don't have glasses, but there is one there. I watched the video on the BBC actually to work
1: out how do you stop, how do you stop. It? And the answer was lift the glasses over the mask, and you're you're fine. I uh, have massively gone on a tangent. I just wanted to make sure that if somebody was listening and going PPE, what are they talking about? It's pay pay per click. Uh, mm. we we're, we're mentioning. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think that analogy is bang on. Uh, you know uh, you know one one of the one of the options is if you've if, if you've got a tire um a deflation you, you know you pump them up alternatively then you've got you've got wearing well what do you do you replace the tires or you make sure that you track the car to make sure that it's not it's not veering right this is to a certain extent what 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 pricing's about you can still drive that car but you can drive it a lot more efficiently, better MPGs. It's yeah. it's more of a. It doesn't sound loud, you know. So it's all of these things that that you do. So I like that. I think uh, we're going to have to put that on one of our marketing slogans. It's pricing, yeah, like tire yeah, pressure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So so I think we've hopefully both established that that we've we're we're passionate about pricing, and you know we we believe you've got a lot of you you have a lot of tangible benefits through getting pricing right because i think you know you're you're dealing with pounds and pence or dollars and cents or whatever the currency i won't i won't name them all uh, is <laughs> how, what many do you know? how many do i know well, uh, i am a geographer so i should hopefully know uh, no no a fair few no that's flags not currency, isn't it <laughs> <laughs> um uh so so yeah so 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 um i've lost my trial of thought now what what was i talking about you're you're looking you're looking puzzled and um, so i think we've we've there's a tangible benefit that's right there's a tangible benefit to doing to doing pricing okay so if you yeah you know, i thought it might be worth exploring that just to make sure we've got we've got the foundation for today's today's conversation mm-hmm. is it why why should businesses be interested in changing prices in the first place what have they got to win what have they got to lose from doing it and you know why why is it a tangible benefit from from doing it
0: okay well let's start with just pricing, right? Let's not let's not start talking about the whole business. But why? What impact can changing a price have? Um, fundamentally, it adjusts. In effect, is at the product level, it will change how much of a good is bought or sold, right? So if you are mispriced, and that could be too expensive or too cheap, you're in effect not making as much profit per product as you could be right so by getting that right the first thing you can do is maximize the products the profit per product right and then actually there's a slightly deeper layer to that in that we talked about last week i think which is doing it at the portfolio level or doing that across your product range um because that will account for things like the benefits of bundling or cannibalization the, or the, the lack of benefits of cannibalization i should say um but really, what that what that core pricing problem is is about either pro- whatever your business goal, but usually profitability, profitability maximisation, right? And that that's what pricing can do. Then, the side effects of so that that's the pricing function. If we talk then talk about automatic pricing, it can just save you a shitload of time and resources, um, realistically, because. If you're, if you're doing a heavily manual task, like managing 10,000 products in Excel, going through, updating, sanity, checking the prices, that's it's a serious amount of work for, for one person. It's a couple of days a week easy. So if you get an automatic tool, automating the pricing function, you get that time-saving benefit. So you're, that, that resource can be focused elsewhere.
1: Yeah, I think, I think I very much agree with that. And I think uh, without plugging the previous podcast, if you've not listened to it, uh, hopefully all of our listeners are listening to In Order, but it's certainly be worth touching upon that. I mean, just, just to summarize, to build upon um, what you've just said, Rob, if you, look at, if you look at an individual product level, if you increase the price of a product and you manage to maintain the volume, you know, that's a tangible benefit. There's the delta mm-hmm. between those two, and that goes straight to your bottom line. How many other projects across your business can you, can you do that and track that decision back to monetary benefit in your bottom line? Okay, it, it's very hard to do, whereas pricing gives you that. From a secondary, secondary point of view, if you decrease the price of your product and you do it on a product sets that enable you to open up the taps in terms of volume sold, okay, you take that individual margin hit on that, that individual product. Mm-hmm. But again, straight to your bottom line, okay, right, that tangible benefit. The third thing that is often the hidden treasure, if you will, is on your long tail, right? So this, what I mean by that is a lot of the time we only have so much, so many hours in the day that we can, we can manage our pricing operation, we can manage our business. So if you can free yourself up and if you can look at your long tail and you can identify what of your long tail is not selling because it's priced incorrectly, you were getting zero from that or hardly any money from those products. Even if you could get five shifting five percent of your long tail, ten percent of your long tail, you're going from zero to a hundred percent. Again, you can bag that whole amount of money, okay, straight to your bottom line. Uh, bottom I should play bottom line. Bingo, shouldn't I? With that, with that <laughs> last, uh, that last, that last rant. But, but that's why that's the impact that it has on your business, okay. Uh, and 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 from from a theory point of view, certainly. Yeah, I
0: mean, I completely agree with that. I think um I think I don't really think that's not well understood in that like you often he- hear phrases like the market sets the price uh but it does but if you don't adjust you <laughs> you, you haven't set your price to the price the market set so <laughs> <laughs> um and I think it is actually quite easy for people to slip into I wanna be careful how I phrase this, but I'm gonna be uncareful. I just flag that I'm being careful. Like you, you f you end up in a kind of semi price fixing state. And what I mean by that is that like if you're just matching off your competition and not listening to the market, your price function is really just can be just frozen in times. Um so it, it really isn't helping you by telling you demand for goods at all or services or whatever it's just um all it's doing is that some arbitrary value that the group of you have kind of decided to sell a product if that, if that makes sense which is probably close to the correct value i mean it's not gonna be a million miles away but also it's um it's lacking the nuance
1: very very much so and i think you know again a swear jar for the term pricing pricing maturity here, uh, which is which is certainly a buzzword which we talk about uh, talk about a lot, is that this this impact. I think a lot because of people, a lot of people's pricing strategies is mainly centered around their competition or mainly centered around maintaining parity with competition. So more yeah. often than not, it's kind of how do I just maintain the status quo if that's your pricing decision because you're not. Generally speaking, if you're maintaining parity with your competitors, unless you challenge that parity, so test that actually on this product set, I'm going to be more expensive on this product set, I'm going to be cheaper on this product set, you know, you're, all you're going to do, by and large, statistically speaking, is sell the same amount of volume. And so therefore, yeah. you're, you're, you've, you've lost that ability to use pricing to help you get that tangible benefit. It's only when you start to challenge these first base principles of pricing do you then really open up the power.
0: So I think the um, the maturity question is key and it's not just around, I think, oh, this is probably a blacker view in general actually and certainly when we've formed over the last couple of years, it's not just about pricing maturity; it's about data maturity, right? And um, it's why I wanted to focus on the question of pure play pricing initially, what can pricing do? Because... You might your the pricing function might be heavily siloed, right? And often that function is not a C-suite role, right? Uh, the the people in that function only have so much ability to make change within the business. So the question you have to ask, even if you have so if you have the aspirations of 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 forward forging that kind of C-suite role in within businesses, how do I snowball this? How do I take just pricing and then the benefits of say a competitor-led strategy which is easily understood and then make that strategy more complex um, using your price elasticity or or just the market really I don't know why we keep calling it price elasticity but and and, and build that trust within pricing as a function within the business and then you can start going on to some of what we're going to talk about later which is how that then touches other decisions Um, but the reality is that if you haven't got your core pricing function sorted and aligned with the market in a way that represents your business and that you're happy with uh if pricing then goes out and touches other parts of your business it's it might be misinformed um and it depends what you're doing with it obviously the risk varies but like it could be quite detrimental if you um if you say for example had bad data calculate a. Quite unquote bad price elasticity value and then go off to your marketing guys and say I reckon we can drop this, it's going to go through the roof let's pump a loader, let's do a 1-2 punch and pump a loader PPC into this and that calculation is wrong you've not only uh, got the opportunity cost of lowering the price, which actually often isn't that much, but you've also might have dropped 10-20 grand in on ad spend on a product um, so it's really, really important to get your pricing fundamentals nailed I think
1: well, shall we? Shall we then move on to looking at the different areas of the business that pricing can impact? Does that is, mm-hmm. it, is this a good is this a good juncture to do that? Would you like to stay in the marketing realm? or Would you like to move on to somewhere else?
0: No, let's start with the marketing because I think it's it's the most initially obvious one for me. In the we've we touched on it before, so I think. It's, but um, if, if if I think about when I think about marketing, there's kind of two elements to it. There's the brand side of it, like how do you represent your business, and then there's the digital side of it, which is kind of how are you pushing products in the market. So the we covered this last time, but the um the the brand side of it is obviously are you a price is heavily tied to brand, right? In terms of are you um, are you a luxury? Do you see do you see yourself as premium? Do you see yourself middle? Do you see yourself as uh, affordable? Um, so if we think of like uh, outdoor wear you've got like Arcteryx which is a super high-end brand Um, like a backpack will cost you easily a few hundred quid Um, and then if you get more into the middle-ish range this is going to be middle for outdoor waste. It's still quite expensive. You've got, let's say, I don't know, mountain equipment or rabble or, or, or something like that. And then as you come down into your, your kind of caramels or, or, or that kind of thing. And it's, and price for each of those is super important because actually there's almost no point pricing between those bands, right? You you either want to sit in kind of like a, um, at the affordable end, at the, premium end or the, uh, the luxury end, right, which I think is the better way of dividing it, because if you're in the middle, you confuse people. So, say you want to pick a p- pitch somewhere in between, uh, let's say, I don't know, like a mountain equipment fleece and a an a, uh, Arcterics fleece, which might have like 150 quid. You're If you put that point in the middle, people are going to look up and down and say, well, mountain equipment's a solid brand. I really like them um well they're 75 pounds cheaper i just buy that or if you're more i would say design focused in your outside outdoor wear you like more stylish brand you're just gonna pay 75 quid to to buy the one that probably looks a bit nicer so you're almost better off being competing on price at the high end or competing on price at the lower end and not messing about in the middle um and that for me is is a key reason why brand and price Brand marketing and prices are heavily interlinked.
1: Yeah, your pricing strategy, your price setting strategy, your price updating rules need to make sure that they're considering this market segmentation, and yeah. you know and and actually, sorry, probably, pro, also product segmentation is probably um, uh, is is just as, is just as important. So if you're if you're a business that is selling into multiple markets you know you you may conceivably be premium in a certain set in a certain market and and not premium in a, in another market so you've got to make sure your your product' is, you know offering your <laughs> prices i mean
0: a, an example of that is that you you can you sell cheaper products to drive sales of higher and that has worked almost too well for certain brown brands so Burberry did it so well with their accessories that they ended up damaging well, they saw damaging their brand because of the uh, they actually targeted march- markets that they weren't uh really after right um so I think that the, what you say there is key and actually what's really nice is you can do that very simply and if so it, so so let's say that you don't have the ability to transfer data around your system you just get the competitor data and then that's how you make the pricing decisions you can do that market segmentation immediately on price and feed that back into your marketing function. Uh, You may be, if you're small enough, that might be you as well. (laughs) Um, So you could, but you can immediately take the data you're getting that you think you're just setting prices and use that to make strategic levels about where you want to position products in the marketplace, just by banding your competitors in the market based off that data, which I think is really, really cool uh, because it's super low touch in terms of it doesn't require any it might require you to do a bit of work in an Excel spreadsheet, but um, it doesn't require a developer, it doesn't require resources, additional overhead, sign-off, whatever. And all of a sudden, you're in. You're empowering someone else within the business. So if you're career-minded, you get your data, do your analysis, go over and tap the marketing person on the shoulder, and already you're building that kind of pricing brand within your, your business.
1: And I think certainly at the at the luxury end of the market this is where you you do have the opportunity to really increase prices and and not only maintain volume but increase volume because I think certainly in the luxury market you have the opportunity to increase prices Um, you know if we stay if we stay on the the outdoor wear market you know a lot of a lot of buyers will say that they're sophisticated in their buying behaviors. That they do all the research. They want to buy the the they want to buy the you know the latest equipment, and they 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 do all the research, all, comparing all the brands and all the widgets and all of that good stuff. But a lot of the time, you know, if you've got if you've got a a city type who's going away for a weekend, they've got cash in their pocket. They're going to go on their outdoor website and go. I can afford a four hundred quid jacket. That's clearly going to be the best. I'm going to buy that. Mm-hmm. You know, so therefore, there's no point. So therefore, there's no point for that premium brand to come down in price. You know, if you if no, you if, no. if, if you've invested in the brand to make sure you're a premium market, there is no point. You, and therefore, you've got to make sure that all of your new product launches, you've got to make sure that all of your accessories, you've got to make sure everything underpins all of the pricing, underpins that 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 approach of that approach of premium. I mean, I, I, you probably see behind me, I've got a ton of camping gear, right? So 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 I know I know the outdoor world fairly well. You know, Rab do this really well; that they are phenomenal, great in sleeping bags and coats. Okay, actually, a lot of their other equipment, I might be told off here by by the Rab aficionados, is not actually as good. However, because they've 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 established themselves as a premium mid kind of market range, generally, if you're looking at Rab products, they're always quite expensive. Whereas actually, you can probably in certain product lines get 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 a better product at a cheaper price. But there's the whole wrapper for Rab is is premium. You know, it's yeah, upper for sure.
0: And you're right; they snowballed that. No pun intended. <laughs> a bit of um, off down jackets and steeping down because their their down technology is always has been excellent, right? And then so yeah, you build up the association. Well, if they know how to make a a down jacket, um, surely they know how to make a an anorak,
1: right? I mean, but I spent forty know. quid on a pair of gloves, a pair of wrap gloves. Yeah, or like I mean, or whatever. You know, but like, I mean, they were just was like. I mean, okay, they've got e tips on them, but they're not actually massively warm, if I'm honest. But you just, I, and
0: I would say, and interestingly, if you take it to that, is that Rab is traditionally for dry environments, right? So you've got no idea, like, even if you're in the Arctic or the Antarctic, it's snowing, it's not raining, right? Like, uh, um, so okay, how good's their Gore Tex? I don't, I don't know, like, um. But yeah, that's a point where you can just use the position and the quality built out elsewhere and then track it across. There'd be no point in them doing uh a forty quid jacket because people get confused because it's like, is this real Rab? I mean mm. you can knock it down a bit and actually sell I, I do think brands like Patagonia and Rab do really well do really well at pricing things like shells and like that kind of stuff. Because they price them down a bit. Um so they seem cheap because you're comparing them to, to actually their other range. And it's not a like-for-like light light comparison because they're actually still 200% more expensive than a normal shell jacket. But it just seems, oh, wow, well, the down jacket's 450 quid and these shells are 150 quid on sale. Wow, that, that's excellent.
1: But what they've done is they've worked out what they've actually, in the product development stage, said, right, well, I want a 100 quid version of this product. Mm-hmm. I want a two hundred quid version of this product, and yeah. I made sure that the feature set matches that, so you're not confused. So they're they're using the whole the product price together, as opposed to simply just you know discounting to drive volume and and so forth. So, okay, so I think we've we've covered we've covered brand marketing. What about what about digital marketing? Does pricing play what, a component in that? Well, it's a, we we start
0: getting into it because it's the extension of what we were we were saying. So, if you're doing we can do the, the Rob Horton lecture on digital marketing another day, but if you're doing digital marketing well, it's an incredibly scientific process. It probably should be automated. It's it's test and learn. It's measure the market. It's respond. It's, an, it's another optimization process, basically. You are optimizing, in effect, how you spend the amount of money you have, by and large, to maximize return again. Um, and... Pricing helps that by giving you an accurate view of the market. Because if your pricing is out of whack, you're not going to have the correct sales for that. You're not going to have optimal sales for that product. Um, So in effect, your advertising becomes inefficient. So say I am slightly underpriced or significantly underpriced, and I'm just carrying along, spending my advertising money on it, um, that might sell anyway because you're the cheapest. And people, it's a high demand product. People are just looking for it. You don't need to bang it in people's faces. Conversely, if something's overpriced, you might be having to push harder, spend more money behind it to uh, to increase conversion. Um, and and actually, a price drop may have had a, a, a larger impact. So until you're you're comfortable that you're Price is correct. Um, you can't then start uh, tuning your your advertising spend because you don't know whether an increase or a decrease in in advertising uh, spend is, is kind of having the desired effect. Or I, I'm not saying that you can't do. It's probably worth saying. I'm not saying you can't do digital marketing if you haven't sorted your pricing out. What I'm saying is just you're just not going to be optimal
1: at it. Yeah, you'll be spending money in areas where you don't need to be spending money, and vice versa, you probably should investing in other areas. You know that you're not investing in now. Um, I mean, this is why this is why the impact statement I think is probably important here. That that if you if you're optimizing your pricing in hand with your marketing, this is where you get this where you can be really really powerful. And we certainly see it when we're looking at uh, Google Shopping data for a lot of our customers that are collecting it from, from there and we, we do that on their behalf is that a lot of the time the first page of the results that you get back from Google Shopping, the first set of products are not necessarily the cheapest. You know they mm-hmm. because you're bidding for position in Google shopping. So therefore if you can if you can manage the seesaw, the, the the pushing the gas on the the price versus pushing the gas on the bidding and you can work out what's the optimal point to com- get conversion, they, 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 they are hand in hand. So therefore you can get sometimes if you invest in this particular instance in PPC, you can get away, get away quote-unquote with a higher price you're extracting more money from that each transaction and that that's where you start to get getting a winning a winning um
0: yeah well the, the, i mean this i think not to jump to the end but th- this really starts to indicate how you should be viewing product optimization it shouldn't be pricing in a silo-, silo it shouldn't be marketing in a silo it's these are all the different levers you have to maximize revenue out of a product in effect well revenue or profit i should say out of a product Um because the, there's a whole myriad of things that drive demand advertising and marketing being one price being another uh, shipping fulfillment being huge actually in cer- certain industries like i mean we've mentioned it before i'm a keen fisherman if someone can solve um selling what, what's the what, what, logistics and like a fulfillment in the fishing industry they can have my credit card like real real talk because at the minute you buy something it takes a week two weeks because of the way the supply chains link up it's really hard Um and because of that you need to start thinking about this kind of okay what are all the factors how does one affect the other okay if i freeze this one and tune this one can i make sure that's optimal and then i do that the difficult bit is that actually you will then adjust your advertising spend and that might adjust the price that you need to be at because they're not quite independent. But um, but yeah, I, I, I think a lot of the other things we're going to talk about in this podcast are really just start from the basics of making sure your prices are right so you can measure the market or measure the market response effectively when you make a change in the rest of your business.
1: Because stock levels is another one, right? That we mm-hmm. certainly played a huge uh, pricing and stock levels had a huge impact, especially during um in a lockdown situation as supply chains were freezed. It sounds like uh the fishing industry, coronavirus or no coronavirus, has got its own its own supply supply problems. But if we look at stock levels, okay, your price can determine how fast you sell out. So mm-hmm. therefore if you can push the throttle on on keeping the price not discounting so you know you can test that over time you can work out what are the steps of discounts that i need to do to get to sell out if that's your goal what are the steps that i can do to make sure that i don't sell out so cheaply and i hold on for that product for a longer period of time
0: and if you i think if you work in an industry where you don't have sell cycles in quite the same way your price elasticity tells you how much you need to stock right because it tells you what volume you're going to get through at that price and you know that right and you know what happens if you go up and you know what happens if you go down so all of a sudden your stock prediction uh,
1: becomes a a lot a lot more powerful Um, so there you go if you're a buyer uh, go and talk to your pricing chap in your business and get them to help you with making sure that price elasticity is calculated in your business because that will help you make decisions
0: because I, I i do think it's it's worth um it is worth a little anecdote on this in that i don't not selling is always seen as a bad thing right fine and i don't think a lot of people realize selling too fast is also a really bad thing um especially in in general really because it's but especially in a in a cyclical business um because it often means that um you're just too cheap right and you could be if you if you're selling out faster then you can get the stock in um why i, th- I think it's the, there might be a very good reason for it right you might have very limited work and it's competing with other products but like realistically you then have a period of when you can't offer the product um and so actually if you can like you say you can take your foot off the gas increase price a bit reduce the volume and make more money per product um so yeah i think i think especially in the stock management side the 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 market the marketing side is is really all about she's saving money that, that you've allocated and, and optimizing that but th- this is really about um, this again is we're, we're now using your stock com- bind with your pricing data to really maximise profitability. Again, like you said, re- you can really hit the bottom line there. Because then by stocking correctly, not just pricing correctly, but by stocking correctly, you can use your stock levels to increase your profit.
1: And it's It comes back in to help each other, they help each other yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. And then if you if we stay with the buyer for a moment, and this is why, if if you haven't got your pricing decisions, if you haven't got your fundamental price correct, they're making decisions on what to buy next based off an incorrect price point and it might be that this product they, they for some reason decide you know what this product is not selling therefore i'm not even going to bother to to stock it next time or i'm going to reduce my mm. stock allocation for it but it might actually be that by you, by price testing you realize that actually i've just been in the wrong i've been in the wrong level and therefore it opens up the taps and i should be i should be um i should be selling that and by not selling that particular product you might have identified that you've lost a whole market for you because because actually there's individuals that only want that product they don't want the rest of the stuff that you mm-hmm. sell and so it has this it had this knock-on effect in so many different areas and and, and just it, just to reiterate they're not going to buy that product again because you've got the price wrong
0: And i think this is where we start getting into kind of like how important it is to spread the data around the the system right because if um just from my anecdotal experience, but I know people who work buying and merchandising and, and that kind of thing. And they they do this a lot of the time, they do the same thing that someone in pricing will be doing, but from the other side of it, in that they'll be spot checking people, um, they'll be they'll be spot checking products, they'll be making sure that they're lined up against the competition, usually by hand. Um and if they're doing that, they're not going to get full coverage, and especially if you're stocking thousands and thousands of products they have exactly the same problem as you do in pricing in that they're, they're making um under-informed decisions as you say in that like they could just be off by five percent across the range because they spot checked a couple they match and the rest of them are are adrift for, for whatever reason and that doesn't mean there's no demand it just means the demand is purely price driven um and they need to and they need to know that conversely they need to know that you're priced correctly so they can work out if it is isn't price driven which which i don't think we've mentioned yet because that's that's also key there's a there's a load of products where either there's no demand or there's a huge of demand and people will just pay whatever they want for it um and those are and using your pricing and flexing your pricing to tell you that's incredibly powerful because the no demand ones you say well they take up this is a massive box in my warehouse. It's just sat there. I can't sell it. Some things you have to sell because you sell them once in a blue moon and people, it's the gateway into other stuff. But it's a, do I discontinue this item? Conversely. Okay. Why is this, why is this product have this demand profile? Why is this not driven by price? Maybe I can find other products like this that aren't driven by price. Um,
1: and then and then to extend that further it you know if if we're looking at the products which aren't selling you know that then drives the decisions around well what should be in a promotion and then you can use mm-hmm. price to test to how much do i how much do i put this in a promotion do i do i do you know 20% 50% off everything or or, or is it just i have to do incremental reductions to shift it you know it touches so many areas so i think we've covered we've covered you know, it impacts your position in the market. We've covered um, it determines your stock buying decisions and how how far you manage sell through. We've looked at how it supports buyers with making the right purchasing decisions. We've talked about um, how it how it's interlinked with digital marketing, so making sure that you're you're optimizing your spend in that space. We've spoken about brand marketing in terms of making sure that your your brand's not impacted by uh, by the price that that's set. Was there anything else? I mean, there's there's tons of stuff. I think I feel like we could keep going for. Yeah, I think, we
0: could, I, I think for the sake of time, it's probably uh, we've covered enough. I think I just really hope that we've kind of sold you on the fact that really the the core cool reason why I think pricing is so important to get right is it means you can measure the market, and that then impacts basically every decision you make in your business. If you're running a if you If you like me are scientifically minded and want to run your business systematically, it means you can by getting that right, you can then use your use that to test and tweak and optimize everywhere else. And until you get that right, doing that elsewhere becomes harder.
1: It's much harder. Yeah, and I think the most successful businesses that we've worked with are those that put pricing to a certain extent at the core of their business and then everything else is anchored off that and then they invest in making sure that that the pricing is accurate, that they're optimizing price and then they know that their stock buying decisions are correct and they know that their their buying decisions are correct, they know that their investment in PPC is correct. It's almost like the spider model as opposed to siloed model.
0: And I've remembered the one thing actually, Um, data, right? So a really important side effect of pricing is that because the data standards for pricing tend to be a lot higher than other roles or other functions, I should say, within the business, it, it it forces you to to have better data, to keep better data, to clean your data up, which will then feed back into the rest of the system, right? So it's a really interesting side effect. It's kind of like getting you to sort your plumbing out and then everyone benefits, right? Because all of a sudden, like, your cost prices are correct. It's something we use a lot that often we find people, people haven't done it because we need it to guarantee uh, that pricing algorithms don't go off the rails. Um, or or just things like making sure that the brands are tagged correctly, products are tagged correctly, prices are set correctly. Um, <laughs> so it's a really nice side effect of how, pricing immediately affects your business it is through that data sanitization
1: it 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 forces you to have data hygiene doesn't it and it yeah. forces yeah, that yeah, yeah. forces that approach uh well thank you very much rob Isn't insightful as ever we're going to have to keep you in the countryside uh how many weeks are you there for <laughs> you're there for three weeks are you and then uh and then you're yeah, back well, it works for me
0: it's like well i'm um, I I'd like to be here longer,
1: but see. <laughs> if it turns into a year, we know he's we know he's sold on the countryside. Uh, so this has been e-commerce matters brought to you by Black Curve. We help e-commerce businesses make pricing decisions. Today's question has been tackling is how much does pricing impact my business? And I think it's fair to say it's quite the spider tentacles touches upon lots of different areas. Do not treat it in a silo because you will get uber 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 tangible benefits and bang for your buck if you make sure that you're fundamentally installing it across your whole entire operation and investing in it because if you get your pricing right it means that all your other decisions in all the other parts of your business will also be more optimal, uh, and again, that will then come back to he- to support you from a financial and efficiency point of view. As I said, we're e-commerce matters. We're available on all major, more major e-commerce platforms. We probably are all major podcasting platforms. And we'll see you next week. Take care.